Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Spirit's gonna take us higher. Hey, ya, 
Grand Rising and Better Love. You are listening to the Truth to Power Show, and I'm Beverly. And I have with us this evening Kamala Harris, and she is a advocate for uh, maternal and infant health. She's a doula. How are you doing, Kamala? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. Well, Connie, uh, tell us, how did you get into this, into being a doula, and, and tell us about it. Um, well, I started out with the Mother-to-Mother Breastfeeding Support Program in Michigan. Um, it's, a, it's a Michigan State University Extension Program where um, we work together with WIC to make sure that the moms that were breastfeeding received the support that they needed. Um, in the past, really wasn't supporting, uh, they didn't really support breastfeeding uh, breastfeeding moms. It was more so, um, you know, you get the products that they offered um, depending on your family size. And, you know, they offered formula, but they had this whole breastfeeding initiative that um, Michigan State University supported and their extension program supported, and um, that's where I started. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Okay, and so tell us about what is a doula, and what do you do? Oh, a doula can be described in so many ways, um, mm-hmm. but traditionally, the I guess the dictionary uh, definition of a doula is a woman of service that provides services to other women, um, whether that is for birth or postpartum. Um, so what I actually do as a doula is, I support moms in their birthing phase. Um, I provide them with education before they actually deliver, so during their prenatal phases. Um, that, that entails childbirth education, breastfeeding education, newborn care uh, education, um, anything that they need to increase their knowledge based on, um, I'm there to provide that education. Um, I'm also there for them in their postpartum phase. Um, where a doula can come into their house in the daytime, at nighttime, and help them with breastfeeding, help them with healing. Um, There's a lot of healing that a mom needs to go through. You know, it takes 40 weeks or more for your body to create that baby to come into the world. You know, you should give your body just that much more grace after you deliver the baby so that you can heal. And the postpartum doula is there to help you recognize what's normal, what's abnormal, um, answer any questions that you may have regarding your new body, your new baby, um, your adjustment, uh, help you recognize what the differences of postpartum depression or the baby blues or postpartum psychosis if that comes about, um, and also refer you to the different places that you may need to go to in order to receive help that may be outside of the scope of a doula. Um, mm. But me personally, I also assist midwives in the community, um, if they need an assistant for a birth, um, I provide education to providers as well, um, continuous education and continuous education to not just the parents, but any parent, anybody that's hoping to support the parents. So we also train doulas. Um, that's one big part of uh, the thing that I do now, where mm-hmm. instead of me doing everything now, I'm the educator. I play the part of the educator where if they want this information, the information is provided to them so they can support individuals themselves. So how long does it take for a person to learn how to become a doula? Oh, 
So the education portion can be anywhere between three days to six weeks. It just depends on how extensive that program is. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we have a program that is five days, um, but it usually takes individuals a little bit longer to study for the test and get in the required reading and also receive the births and um, the client services that they need because you can't just send someone out there without the experience. So when you ask how long would it take for someone to become a doula, um, I guess that would be, um, I guess, depending on their skill set. So if you're a nurse and you come into uh, the natural birthing community or trying to come into the field as a doula, you have a little bit more knowledge base surrounding, um, you know, the medical side of what's normal and what's abnormal compared to someone that, you know, has no experience whatsoever, has never come in contact with babies, have, they don't have any um, experience with the medical world, and they just come in basically a blank slate. You know, they have a little mm-hmm. bit more learning that they need to do. So it's, it's relative on how long the training would actually take for someone to actually become a doula. But in general, most trainings are three days to six weeks. So is there uh, like a state certified test that person has to take? No, there isn't. Okay. So okay. there is not a state certified there. You do not become licensed when you become a doula. Okay. And okay. I think that's what um, that's what that's what they're trying to do in different states. They're trying to regulate um, doula training um, so that it is a licensure that you can mm-hmm. achieve. Um, because you you do have individuals that you know would consider themselves doulas but don't have any traditional or um, they, yeah, they don't. Basically, they don't have any uh, training surrounding no. doula work. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I love babies, and I love, <laughs> I love coming to birth. So I'm, now I'm a doula. But there is a lot of training and a lot of education that's necessary in order mm-hmm. for you to not do harm in in, right. in those very delicate situations. So is there's a difference between a doula and a midwife. There's a big difference. So. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. So a midwife does go through um, training and receives a licensure after taking the exam that's called a NARM. They take the NARM exam, and they become licensed in the state in which they take that exam, very similar to what nurses do. Um, But they are trained solely on women. That is their only practice, and it is a deep, uh, what word am I looking for? It is a, a focus. Women is their focus compared to um, in a nursing field you would learn about, you know, different different aspects of nursing, mm-hmm. whether it's geriatrics or pediatrics or or uh, emergency. You would learn about all of that. But in midwifery, that person that's learning, that's in her training for midwifery, she's only learning about the pregnant woman and the postpartum woman and how to maintain healthy pregnancies for them. So it is a very... Um, it's a very intense training that they go through. And then, again, they still have to sit for the norm. A doula, it's not. A doula is non-medical in nature. A doula does not provide um, medical advice or medical care. Um, Everything is uh, more suggestive, more education, um, but it's it's non-medical in nature. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference, yeah. You would go to your midwife for your all of your prenatal visits, everything that your OB would do, your midwife would do. 
So you would okay. not have to obtain your OB and still have a midwife at the same time. Mm, so the midwife, so when you see uh, people that have their baby, you know, not the quote-unquote traditional way, you know, they might have it in the tub or in the water. Now, that's the midwives or the doulas, or it could be either one. So that is the midwife. Again, remember, doulas do not, they should not be attending these births by themselves. So there are very few OBs throughout the United States that will actually attend a home birth. Most right. home births are done um, through a mid through midwifery care. Your okay. the midwife be the would, the midwife would be the one attending that birth and um, making sure that that labor and delivery um, goes is, is is done. The doula is there for emotional and physical support, mm-hmm. but non medical. Okay, so a, a mid let's say if a person wanted to open up a clinic or mm-hmm. just even had the business, they can deliver a baby like an OBGYN? A midwife can, yes. So okay. there are a lot of midwives that have private practices mm-hmm. where, um, or you have midwives that work inside birth centers mm-hmm. that um, that will provide the individuals with a home birth or a birth center mm-hmm. birth or a water birth in home or at the birth center. There are some hospitals that will provide water births as well, but it's few and far. Okay. And so if if a person wanted to, they could be a midwife, they could open up them a clinic and they can have the doulas work with them. It's kind of like the nurse and the assistant nurses or something like that, how they have in the hospital. Correct. Correct. So your doula would be more so like the educational portion. They would be, you know, because without education, you can't obtain the birth that you want. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you need that knowledge base, and that's like with anything in life. So, yeah, if someone wanted to open up a birth center Mm -hmm. and they are a midwife, there are a lot of uh, birth centers that are ran without uh, doulas present, and there, there would be a midwife and a midwife assistant. Midwife and a doula to be together, right? They could, or, yeah, they or, could. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. A midwife and a doula can team up, which which you're mm-hmm. seeing that more often now mm-hmm. because the doulas mm-hmm. are taking on the role as assistants, or you have people that that are just assistants and they choose never mm-hmm. to become a doula. Okay, okay, okay. And so, um, so when if a person wanted to get into this so the nursing wouldn't be as long as going for like a LPN or RN uh, if you just only concentrating on that part, the woman getting into still, as far as a this, midwife or a doula yes a midwife mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there are midwifery programs throughout the United States that it, they call them direct entry midwife programs Mm-hmm. And you don't need any previous experience. They teach you everything that you need um, mm-hmm. in order to pass the exam and provide excellent uh, service to your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's quite a few throughout the United States, but actually around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some nurses um, that will they have uh, there. I'm sorry. Let me rewind. There are also programs that have 
nurse to midwifery programs. So mm-hmm. you, they would be considered a nurse midwife. And you would have to have your RN in order to become a nurse midwife. You cannot be an LPN and become a nurse midwife. Oh, RN. RN. Okay, okay. And so now the doulas, I'm noticing that more and more people are getting into that. I mean, you in the field, are you seeing more of that or is it is it about the same? How, how have you seen that over the years since you've been involved in it? Oh, my gosh. So I, I started out in 2005 mm-hmm. um, in this world, in, in, in the doula world, per se. Um, it has definitely increased in the past uh, maybe six years. You've seen mm-hmm. a rise. Um, but I think that has a lot to do with black maternal health. Um, we're, we're finding, I, I, we've, we've already known this. We've known this mm-hmm. for the longest. Um, but now the medical world and the government are finally starting to, I don't even know if they're recognizing it or just acknowledging it, that, that it's real, that moms, that black moms are being failed by the medical system. So they believe that the, the resolution or the solution to help moms not be neglected by the medical system is to implement doula care, which they have found that women that receive care from their doulas and support from their doulas and education from their doulas and advocacy from their doulas, while whether they're in a hospital setting or a birth center setting, um, they they actually have more favorable outcomes. So it has definitely increased. Um, there are many doulas out there now mm-hmm. compared to when I started out. Okay. And so do you see that, do, do it cut down uh, women's having cesarean birth? Because it seems like mm-hmm. one while everybody was having a cesarean birth. What happened to natural birth, you know? Right. Do you see working with the midwife, I mean the uh, doulas, do that help? cut the cesarean down? Definitely, definitely. So when a woman has the education that she needs surrounding her body and the Mm -hmm. changes that her body is going to go through and how to create a healthy pregnancy, you know, if you have a healthy pregnancy and you you learn the tools that that you need in order to successfully push your baby out and go through labor and push your baby out, then yes, it's going to reduce your risk of receiving a C-section. Unfortunately, the education that they give in hospital settings, you know, it's, it's not efficient. It's not enough to, to present to these women in order for them to not have a C-section. But when, mm-hmm. you, when they receive the education, yeah, it is, it is definitely reducing the C-section rates. And um, the presence of a doula in a hospital setting actually just reduces the C-section oh, rate. Oh, okay. When you show and, up with your doula. They they automatically start talking a different talk, huh? Correct, correct. Okay. Because in the hospital setting, you have to understand that they just want to manage. They need to manage your labor mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you are one of probably 50 women on the floor with mm-hmm. probably six nurses on the floor that they have to manage. You know, mm-hmm. if everybody's going, you know, to do natural labor and they're hoping to labor on their own, they can't restrict you to the bed because you don't want monitoring or you don't want an epidural and you're walking around, that's more people that have to watch you. 
you know, so C-section rates were higher because they weren't allowing women to do what comes naturally and that's move around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I remember I, I had a neighbor and when she came close to her time, she would walk that block. She would be up mm-hmm. and down that block walking. <laughs> she was walking mm-hmm. that baby out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need to move. And, yeah. and in a hospital setting, you're not really allowed to move. It's very rare. You know, it's, you're mm-hmm. considered a a, 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 um, a risk or something. A, yeah, you're a risk. You're a fall risk. Mm-hmm. You know, they're afraid. Like, if you slip and fall, like, now that's a whole other emergency. They much prefer mm-hmm. you in the bed. And mm-hmm. you need to move. The body needs to move. Mhm, mhm, and so and and isn't it better now when you are helping with the the baby? Is it better for the mother to lie down or to stand up or sit up when you have? Seem like to me, grab if you lie laying down, you gravity is against you having the baby Correct. coming out. Correct. So when these moms are delivering in a in their home or at the birth center, mm-hmm. they do have the ability to move around. And you do see that when they're moving around, it's certain movements that comes instinctively, whether they're rotating their hips or they're using resistance or um, they're pulling on something while their partner or the doula is pulling on, you know, a, um, a piece of fabric with them so they can create that resistance or have tension um, so they, they can be pendulous. It's, so certain movements when they can adjust their body, it, it really wouldn't matter what position they deliver in as long as they have the ability to do those adjustments, okay. those slight adjustments, and whether they're standing up to deliver or squatting to deliver or one leg on the bed or in the water or, mm-hmm. you know, or laying on the back with one leg high and one leg lower, laying on their side when they finally decide to push out their baby, that's 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 the benefit of moving compared to just mm-hmm. laying in the bed and only being able to labor on your back and causing trauma to your spine and letting gravity work against you. Okay. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, it is more beneficial for them to be able to move around and let gravity work in a, in the best of ways, which is put them in an upright position. So what do you do uh, with the umbilical cord? I mean, do do they have their babies there at the center, or do they just prepare at the center and then have the babies at the hospital? No, so it's, they have options, and that's the beautiful thing about receiving midwifery care or even having a doula present for your, your birthing journey is that you always have the option to either, if you decide to receive your care from a midwife, you can receive your care from a midwife and then decide to deliver in the hospital. Um, or you can do, you can receive your care from a midwife and decide to deliver at home, or you can receive your care from a midwife and deliver in a birth center. It's you have those options. You're not restricted. Where OBs have you know they have their their uh, their preferred hospitals where they practice at, where they hold their their practice at. So you know you have to deliver at that hospital. If you're delivering at uh, if your doctor is privileged at Hudson Hospital then mm-hmm. you have to deliver at Hudson Hospital unless you change your mind and you're not close mm-hmm. to Hudson and the baby's coming, mm-hmm. then, you know, mm-hmm. oh, right. baby's going to come. But they have that option when they are delivering. So even if they do, even if they start delivering at the birth center, 
and they decide, you know what, this isn't for me. I think I want an epidural. I think I need to change my mind. They mm-hmm. always have that option to change their mind. So what do you see a lot of the mothers, <clears throat> excuse me, are doing? Are they delivering at home, in the centers, at the hospital? Where do yeah. you see the trend going? Well, since COVID happened, you do have a lot more women that are open to home births now because when when COVID was at its peak, they weren't allowed to have a partner in the room with them when they were delivering their baby. You know, mm-hmm. it was restricted. And then they finally upped it to one. So then women were opting to have a doula present instead of their partner. Mm-hmm. Um, then they realized, like, wait, if I do a birth center birth or a home birth, I can have my whole family there if I wanted to. And okay. that, that was the, a push. Mm-hmm. All the children can come. Let's say if you had other children, if you wanted exactly. to bring your your partner and your children. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's, that's good. That's good. So what do you see? What, what about the umbilical cord? I hear so much mm-hmm. about, you know, how important the umbilical cord. So do you let <clears throat> let it stay on more or longer mm-hmm. or before you cut it? Or what, what do they do when they have the home birth? So common, common practice, common midwifery practice is that as long as everything is fine, you leave the cord attached until the cord is no longer pulsating. So even once the woman delivers her placenta, the cord is still, the, the placenta is still pumping the blood to the baby. So mm-hmm. once that, once the blood is done pumping to the baby, you'll actually feel that the cord is no longer pulsating and it feels cold. At that point, oh. it's totally up to the parents what they choose to do in a home birth and a birth center setting. We have had parents that will say, I want to do a lotus birth. Please keep the cord attached. Do not detach the, the placenta from my baby. I want my baby to be whole, and I want to do a lotus birth. And they continue to manage that placenta until it dries out. They'll manage it with herbs. Um, and continue to pack it with herbs and sea salt until it totally dries out, and mm-hmm. then it'll fall off on its own. You have some parents that's yeah. like, please clip it once, you know, the, the blood has been, my baby has received all of the blood, and dispose of the, the placenta. You have some parents that choose to um, keep the placenta and bury it or make a plant mm-hmm. with it, or you have some parents that decide to keep the placenta dehydrated and consume it in, in um, placenta capsules. Okay. Um, so, okay. Yeah. It, yeah. Because I, I heard it. <laughs> yeah, I heard it was so much uh, in that in the uh, umbilical cord. You know. Oh and yeah, it's not you, just the cord, but yeah. The inside, what's going on on the inside of it? Mm-hmm. A lot of your DNA and, and things, and so yep. in the hospital, they cut the cord right away, don't they? Because they got to get to the next person, and you know, it's like a Assembly line. Mm. Yeah, it's like an assembly line, but also, you know, if if the parents make a book a big wolf about it and have that conversation with their provider, mm-hmm. we've had clients that go into they've mm-hmm. had that conversation with their provider. The the provider understands their wishes, and they'll keep the cord attached and the placenta attached, or okay. they'll do what they call delayed cord clamping, and that's okay. when you let all of it uh, pulse out. Okay, and you say it'll turn cold just like a, a person body do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, turns, get, wow. mm-hmm. it turns cold. 
Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, I do have somebody that have a question or comment. Let's see. Okay. Uh, 843 You have a question or comment? <laughs> well, he said he was going to take care of that. Man okay. in the, man in the oh, they just listening. <laughs> okay. They had a hand raised. They just listening. Okay, and so I think that a doula is, is excellent, especially for a first time, a person that's having their first child, because mm-hmm. you don't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> so but I think mm-hmm. they they found that no matter if it's your first, second, or third pregnancy, mm-hmm. doulas mm-hmm. are beneficial because yeah. every pregnancy is different, every baby is different. You never mm-hmm. know you know, what mm-hmm. to expect and to have someone that has seen the many sides of birth to guide you through those, you know, unexpected events or or just pregnancy and labor and let you know, okay, no, that's normal. I know you never felt that before. I know this is your fourth baby and you've never experienced this before, but it's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it brings a sense of comfort so that mom can labor and experience labor and birth without any any guesswork. Right, without any worries. Mm-hmm. So, and what what are some of the uh, education or information that you give to your clients? Um, so they would re- if a client comes into care, they would receive mm-hmm. childbirth education, breastfeeding education, and with the childbirth education, it teaches them like the stages of of labor, um, the stages of their pregnancy, what to expect out of labor, how to manage through labor, so whether they're taking a route of doing hypnobirthing or if they want to do the traditional delivery method or whatever method they are deciding to go about for labor, um, their education, they learn about all of it so they can figure out what works best for them in the moment of laboring. Um, Breastfeeding education, so the goal is to always initiate breastfeeding um, for our moms, but if they decide not to, then we talk to them about bottle feeding and proper bottle feeding, you know, not to prop the bottle up in your baby's mouth, you know, when to introduce solids, um, not to water down formula or water down your breast milk, um, those important things that even the, even even veteran moms and dads, you know, they don't necessarily know and mm-hmm. that they're still mm-hmm. learning. Um, we, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, finish, finish your thought. So there's there's an array of education. Um, we also have uh, parent classes where they can come out and meet the professional. So we bring the professional to them where they can come to our office and they can sit down and have a conversation with a pelvic floor therapist or an ENT or um, they can have the conversation with a pediatrician or a holistic pediatrician and find out what's best for them and their babies compared to just going to anyone and, you know, just kind of going by what, what they say. Well, if they suggest this, then I guess I'll do it. The mm-hmm. importance of education is, is stressed <laughs> with our clients because you, we want them to be able to make informed decisions. And without the education, they can't make informed decisions. Right. Now, you said a hip a hippo birth. What is that? Hypno, hypnobirthing. So hypnobirthing is the concept of tuning into your body and and kind of like zoning out. It's it's a it's a process where you would listen to a series of recordings to that will prompt you to to relax your body, to gently breathe your baby down. It's basically hypnosis 
during labor mm-hmm. and birth. Okay, okay. So, so is that, do you use that with the pain? Because it's very painful. What do you do well, to ease that pain during birth? Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be painful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the pain comes when you are anticipating pain. It's kind of like when you go to the doctors and, and they're like, okay, well, we're going to give you a series of injections. If you're anticipating that injection and you're like, oh, my God, this injection is going to hurt, and yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna hurt. But if you if you wrap your mind around, okay, this is intensity, and without this intensity, my baby would not be coming into this world. This is a temporary intensity that I'm experiencing. My body's creating this pressure. I, this pressure can't be stronger than me because it's coming from my body. When you wrap your mind around that, you realize that you are in control of what's going on. The moment you lose control, that's when you experience the pain. That's when you're you're having that outer body experience. You're not connected to your body. You're just totally tapped into the pure, excruciating, unknown situation that you are in compared to tapping into your body and saying, hey, I know what's going on. My uterus is contracting. My uterus is squeezing my body. My cervix is dilating. When you wrap your mind around that, then it's no longer painful. Mm, okay. All right. So when should uh, a person... Uh, contact their doula at the end of the pregnancy, in the middle, at the beginning? Mm-hmm. So it's important for them to get to know their doula and develop a relationship with them. So um, the best time to contact your doula is in between four and six months. So in between okay. your fourth and sixth month of pregnancy, you know you're, you know you're safe. That is definitely going to be a valuable, what well, we hope that statistically it's a valuable pregnancy. Um, and then you can get your education rolling and develop mm-hmm. a good re- a relationship with your doula. And I think that's the most important part. Okay. All right. Now, you also uh, tell us where you at. And you have uh, an office or mm-hmm. are you working at a center? Uh, tell us your information. So um, I'm the owner of BirthWork South Florida. We're located in Sunrise, Florida. Um, Sunrise, Florida is uh, just, we are west of Fort Lauderdale. Um, Our office is off of University and Oakland Park Boulevard. Um, We currently offer uh, all of the educational services, whether there are clients or not. So even if you, because often you'll, we'll receive clients that their doulas don't provide the education portion. They only provide the, the emotional and physical support to them. So they'll come to us for the educational portion. So we provide all of the education that they need, um, the, any referrals that they may need. Um, and we also have quite a few connections to the local midwives and their practices. Um, we share an office space with a, a local midwife. And if she has that free open space um, around your due date, then she'll take you on. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so um, <clears throat> now do they they come into the center for the or is this an online education or is it both or how? Oh no! Well, right now we are only in person. We're working on getting our okay. media together so that um, you know those that are not in our area they can still receive the education. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now we we enjoy that in person connection. You know, it's been okay. quite some time. <laughs> That okay. that connection was kind of severed for a little bit, right? You know, right. So we definitely enjoy that in-person contact. 
but videos will be up soon for them to be able to watch and, and learn from. Okay. And so do you have, like, um, um, a web page or something mm-hmm. that's, or a number, a phone number that someone mm-hmm. in the area can contact you? Definitely. So if they are interested, they can go to our website, which is birthworksouthflorida.com, and there's no S after works. It's just birthworksouthflorida.com. And they can go on there and they can fill out a a contact form or a contact request form if they want more information. Um, Our address is on there if they want to show up and we're there. Um, Then we would see them. We traditionally go by appointment, um, but, you know, we don't mind popping. And if they want to give us a call, they can call us at 754-300-6755. Say that again. Seven five four three hundred six seven five five. Okay, and you're open five days a week. Five days a week, and most of our classes are done on Saturday and Sunday. So we also offer um, private classes. So we'll have clients that aren't really into the the group classes, and they don't mm-hmm. want in home classes because we do provide those as well. They want to come out to the office and do private classes, and we'll we'll do those private classes for them on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, great. Excellent, excellent. And so are you – well, I think I asked you that before, but so with with – do you have any other things that you want to add about the doula? Yeah, yeah. So we have have quite a few doulas that are – that are contractors with us, but right now we're working on a project in which um, we are hoping to create a nonprofit sector for Birth okay. for South Florida so that we can service the more, uh, the, the underserviced areas um, a little more, I guess, yeah, just a little more because we already service um, our underserved areas, but we want to do it on a larger scale, and that's not going to happen unless we go the nonprofit route. So right now we're mm-hmm. working on that, and if anyone is interested in donating, they can um, log on to earthworksouthflorida.com, and there's a donation button there where they can donate, or they can zell to, um, to birthworksouthflorida at gmail.com, and that's our zell information. That's, again, that's birthworksouthflorida at gmail.com. If they're interested in supporting us in our endeavors and becoming a nonprofit, or if they're interested in volunteering, we love volunteers, um, they can contact us again at our phone number, which is 754 300 6755. Excellent, excellent. Welcome, Maya Harris. Uh, yes. uh, you're doing great work. And so, uh, where do you see this going? Do you see that they will be this uh, doula centers will be connected more and more to the hospitals? Because you know hospitals is a business, and I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. where do you think that will you see more connection? So there, there are we we are now seeing that um, there that there are doulas that are making those connections with the hospitals to where they can provide doula services in the hospital as a as a um, a as an employee. Okay. So they they're basically having um, doulas do shift work, um, which can in a way take away the 
the personal um, intimate factor of it because you, you're not too sure which doula you're going to receive around that time. Oh, but, yeah. But you know what? If they work it right, if you have a doula that understands why they are there and that they're there to support that mom and protect her energy and and make sure that that she is aware of what's going on, that she can make informed consent while these doctors are suggesting these things to her or the nurses are suggesting these things to her, then, yeah, her, her outcome will be way better than not having someone present. So there, there are doulas that are making strides in the community where they're connecting with the hospitals, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. So now are they letting uh, the doulas come in with the partners? Yeah, so now they're, they, most hospitals have lifted the rule of, you know, one only one person, mm-hmm. and they're allowing the mom to have not only um, the her partner but also um, the doula. Okay, okay, excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, thank you, Kamaya Harris, uh, for your service and what you're doing. Thank and, you so uh, much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, and and. This is to me. It seems like this is an area where there's a lot of growth. Oh and yeah. So you're at the forefront of the uh, growth of this area. So mm-hmm. keep up the good work and thank you. Thank you thank for you stopping so by today. Thank All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Mhm. All right, everyone. That was Kamala Harris. Kamaya, why I say Kamala? That was Kamaya Harris, and she's a doula in uh, Florida. So please look her up um, and uh, participate, uh, even if it's just sending a donation. So thank you for listening. Better love, everyone.
Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.